0: The Welcome to the Monroe Church of Christ Podcast. I'm Derek Glover, preacher of the Monroe Church of Christ in Monroe, Wisconsin, and I want to thank you for joining us. I hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment or a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend, family member, coworker, or someone that you think would be interested to know more about our Savior, Jesus Christ. We're continuing our series this morning on the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians. And we have reinforced this idea that the fruit of the Spirit, as it's described in scripture, is exactly what fruit is. It is evidence of our identity. It is a descriptor of who we are. It is the natural result of what we claim to be and the ownership to which we belong in God through the Spirit. So it is an identifying characteristic that that tells others who we are, it is also that by which we influence others. Those are the two sides of what fruit does, and that's what the fruit of the Spirit does in us, and we're dealing with each characteristic individually. So last week we talked about love, and this week we talk about joy, and this is kind of a tough one. Uh, Joy is a really tough characteristic and concept to nail down, and particularly if we're going to talk about it being an outgrowth of having a spirit-led life, if we're going to talk about joy being a characteristic that comes from being in the spirit or having the spirit in us, that it identifies us and it's how we influence others, we really need to get a pretty clear def- definition of what that is. And joy is kind of a tough one. Um, you may have seen the, uh, the movie Inside Out uh, that came out maybe four years ago or so, uh, the Disney Pixar movie. Amy Poehler plays the character Joy. Um, The whole story really takes place in the mind of a a little girl who's had to relocate from Minnesota to San Francisco. And all of the trauma that goes along with being a small child and having to be uprooted from everything you know and go to a different part of the country. Um, And so there's these characters in her mind that represent the basic emotions. And it's actually really fascinating. There's a lot of really good psychology Uh, in that movie, some really good clinical stuff that they explore through this, uh, essentially a kid's movie. But Amy Poehler plays the character Joy. And uh, she sees the best in everything and she wants everything to be happy all the time and everything to be good. And for the person that they are in charge of to have a fulfilling life. But for us in the everyday, Joy is a really hard concept to nail down because the English language can be a little bit confusing. And oftentimes when we talk about Joy, What we're really talking about is happiness. And what is the difference between happiness and joy? Uh, That has been a question I have kind of tried to struggle with and figure out in preparing for this lesson. What do we really mean when we talk about being happy versus being joyful? Well, happiness, it seems, uh, has something to do with circumstances. We are happy if the weather is nice, We're not happy if the weather's not nice. We're happy if people treat us well. We're not happy if people don't treat us well. I'm happy if I have enough money to live on. I'm not happy if I don't. I'm happy if my day goes well and everything works right and I get where I need to be on time. And I'm not happy if things don't go right during the day. I see this in my children. You probably see it in your children if you're around children very often. Their mood can turn on a dime because if something's going well, they're very happy. When something's not going well, they are not happy. And you can change their mood very quickly. Uh, Everyone has seen a child, maybe your own child, throw an absolute fit and turn it off instantly when something starts to go their way. Because happiness is a fickle thing. And happiness is based on happenstance. They do share a root word for a reason. Because happiness is based in the circumstantial. And so many people and so much about our world tells us to pursue happiness, to chase happiness, to just accumulate all of the things that will make you happy. And what we find, and I think most people would be willing to admit, is that the things that make us happy eventually don't anymore. Go walk through through St. Vincent de Paul. Go walk through a Goodwill or a thrift store. Go to a garage sale and look at the things that people are just trying to get rid of and know that at one time someone bought that or it was given to them because it brought them happiness. And now it's on a discount rack in a thrift store because it didn't anymore. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is short-term and short-lived and based on what is happening to us, not based on something we necessarily have inherently we all find out sooner or later that pursuing happiness for happiness sake is a fool's errand it will never produce the result that you're looking for to pursue happiness for happiness sake no in fact the idea of joy and the fruit of the spirit we call joy is different than happiness it is not based on circumstance it's not based on happenstance And it's not even a feeling in response to anything. Joy is really an attitude. Joy is a point of view. Joy is an outlook on life. It's how we wake up each day and how we approach the various things that will come our way. That's truly what joy is. It is an attitude on life that is not based in events or happenstance or circumstance. But those are still a lot of things in life outside our control. And the pursuit of joy, it's for joy's sake, will also not get you to a joyful place. Because the pursuit of joy and the things that bring us joy can also be fickle. And so here we have these two ideas, happiness, which is based on the things that happen to us, joy, which is based on how we see the world. And yet to pursue either one, we fall short. Because this world can't give us joy. We can't manufacture joy. Joy has to be inspired in something. And the Bible tells us some things that inspire that joy, that drive that joy, that produce that joy in a way that we can't in our own minds synthesize. Paul writes in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Now may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit there is joy in believing that's number one we find joy in believing in God in trusting in him in accepting that he exists and in believing the promises that he's made we find joy Paul says David, the psalmist, writes in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, that in your presence, in God's presence, is the fullness of joy. Joy comes from believing. Joy also comes from just being in God's presence. What, do we mean, what does it mean to be in God's presence? Well, I think, I think it's more than just being and allowing God to be around you or feeling good things about God. Being in God's presence is approaching the throne. It's going to where he is. It's taking the time and the intention to say, I want to have a relationship with God and I want to talk to him. Belief, similarly, is not just a passive acceptance of something you think is true. Belief produces action. Belief produces an attitude and oftentimes that belief produces joy. When we uh, look at scripture, we see that joy comes from belief. We see that joy comes from uh, his presence. And then back to Romans in chapter 14 in verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And this reinforces for us what Paul would write in Galatians, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, and second, it is joy. Joy is the result of, of a spirit-led heart and a spirit-led life. We find joy in believing in God. We find joy in trusting him. We find joy in approaching him and being in his presence. And we find joy by being filled with his Holy Spirit and being guided by God in our life. Now, that doesn't mean that life is always going to be easy. Having joy doesn't mean that everything is going to go well and it's going to go perfect for you. In fact, we know Jesus said the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Good things happen to good people and bad people. Bad things happen to good people and bad people. Life's not fair. And how we respond to it is the difference between being someone who is focused on this world and someone who is focused on the Spirit. Because sometimes life overwhelms us. Sometimes life pulls and tugs and drags at us and that's okay. God does not expect those, even those who faithfully uh, follow his spirit in their heart, he doesn't expect that they will always have a joyful response to the world around them because bad things happen. In fact, you go back to Romans again, you go to chapter 12, uh, just a little bit before we just read, Romans chapter 12, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. The, God understands we're going to have good days and bad days. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset and angry. And it's okay to respond and surround yourself with people who will help you in that response. There, is, there are tough days. And sometimes we hear the phrase, well, count your blessings. Count your blessings. When things are going bad, count your blessings. We have a song in our hymnal. Count your blessings. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Sometimes we need to make a list. Things that are bothering me today. Things that I'm up against today. It's okay to do that. Satan wants you to make a list of all the things that are going wrong in your life. Satan wants you to think about all the things that aren't right, and to focus on that and to get angry about it and to give up. What does God want? Does he want you to make a list of all the good things and the blessings and the happy thoughts? I don't know necessarily if that's what God asks us to do, to have lives filled with joy. Sometimes life is not about the good things versus the bad things. What does God say to his own people, his own servants, those he called? What he says to them, like Moses. When Moses says, what what am I supposed to do? God responds to him and says, what do you have in your hand? His staff. What do you have in your hand? He didn't ask him to think of all the good things that were going on in his life. Think some happy thoughts, count your blessings, What God wants is not necessarily for you to count your blessings, but for you to count your resources. What do you have available to you? When things are overwhelming and things are hard and things are sad, think what is available to me. God revealed the allies to Elijah. He revealed those who would help him, thousands of them. opened his eyes to see the warriors in his midst. We have a lot of resources at our disposal. Pursuing happiness will lead to disappointment. Pursuing joy, for joy's sake, will probably also lead to disappointment. Joy is not synthesized in our own minds. It is produced by having hearts that are attuned to loving one another and loving God to having the Spirit fill our hearts and fill our lives to bring from within us a joy that we cannot have on our own because this world doesn't have a lot of joy to offer. It's a sad place sometimes. But through our belief, through our pursuit of God's presence, through His Holy Spirit, joy can abound in the heart of the Christian. And we can see the world differently than the rest of of the community around us. We can see the world differently than those that do not have the resources we have. And when we meet hard times, we don't say to ourselves, well, gee, what, this is really bad, well, maybe I'll think about the good things going on. No, we think it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to grieve. Okay to feel overwhelmed. But the joy in my heart that comes from the Spirit of God reminds me That I have at my disposal a church family, God's word, a Messiah who died and shed his blood for me, and a loving God who sends his Holy Spirit as an assurance that he's going to come back and get me one day, and all of this will be over. Joy is an attitude. Joy is an outlook. Joy is accepting that things aren't great and counting your resources, not just counting your blessings. Those who are filled with the Holy Spirit will have the characteristics that Paul outlines in Galatians, beginning with love and also joy. And next week we'll talk about peace. Eventually we'll get to the, to the week where we talk about how the, the fruit of the Spirit is not actually a strawberry. We'll get to that one at some point. But for now, next week is peace. And I hope that this week you can find joy in God, in the reassurance and in the promise that he listens to you, that he surrounds you, that he guides you, and that he loves you. In those things, we can find joy. And in this joyful life, we can show others what it means to be a child of God. The joy identifies us. It shows people who we are and what we are about. I think it's interesting. I talked a little bit last week and the week before about fruit and this analogy and how when we see fruit on a tree, it tells us what kind of tree it is. And they produce after their own kind and and things like that. And, And we talk all the time about, even in our own families as human beings, characteristics and traits that are passed down from one generation to another, some of them good, Oh, they got that beautiful smile with those big dimples that they got from their mom. Or, you know, they got that sense of humor that they got from their dad. Or they got that weird toe that flips over the other one. They got that from their uncle. You know, all, all these characteristics, genetic traits, personality traits that we talk about and look at. And boy, if I had a nickel for every time one of our kids when they were within the first year or so of life that a family member tried to convince us they looked just like one particular family member, they would all have college paid for by now because that's all people do. As soon as they see a baby, who does it look like? What, 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 whose nose, whose eyes, Who's these things? Because we care about where we've come from. We care about identifying. We like to classify and to know who we belong to. If there is any characteristic by which the world can know us, that we can be set apart. joy. I would think first and foremost, would be the starkest contrast. Joy is not optimism versus pessimism. It is not happiness versus sadness. It is assurance that in the midst of pain, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of grief, in the midst of trouble and trial, we have resources and hope. We have a path open for us. Joy is something greater in what this world sees as a positive attitude. Joy is a trust, it is a commitment and it is an understanding of what God has truly done for us. It is knowing the final score of the game, and then being given the choice of which jersey you're gonna put on. That's what our life is in Christ. Jesus won the battle, game's over, we win. Now, whose team do you want to be on? Joy is clothing ourselves in Christ, knowing the final outcome when this world is done. I hope this week you live with joy exuding from you. I hope that you live to show joy to others. I hope that you live this week to express your confidence in God and in his son and in his spirit. Do not chase after joy. Do not chase after happiness. But chase after God. Chase after his spirit. Fill yourself with it. And let joy come out. These fruits, they're not characteristics to check off the list. They're not skills to master. You can't take a class to get good at these things. There are spiritual disciplines, but it all starts with the spirit. These are the things that result from a heart filled with God. I hope this week joy can be a focus of yours to meet the challenges of this life in a way that says I'm different from the world because my hope is in God. My trust is in Jesus. What a wonderful resource we have. And a wonderful resource we have in one another As a church, God didn't ask us to be islands of believers. He asked us to be communities of believers. Leaning on one another, fellowshipping with one another, trusting in one another, clinging to one another, walking with one another. Sometimes the source of our joy are the people around us. Today we're going to go downstairs and enjoy some time together and eat a meal together. I'm glad that we do that regularly. Uh, I'm really... it's. Larger congregations uh, don't get to do that all the time. You know, I, I grew up, for the most part, in a, in a pretty large congregation. Um, you know, eight 900 people by the time we moved here. Well, they didn't have full congregational potlucks like this. Uh, they couldn't. Some, you know, once every year or two, maybe. But for the most part, that kind of fellowship wasn't possible. What a wonderful thing we have. We can spend time together and know each other on a deeper level and care for one another and experience joy together in that. If you have a need this morning, I would submit to you that God in his wisdom designed his church to meet the needs of one another, to help one another, to be a source of joy when joy is hard to find. If you have a need this morning that we can help you with, to pray with you, to encourage you, I hope you would let that be known, whether privately or publicly. But we offer this opportunity, this moment, to do so publicly. If you need to accept Christ as your Savior to become a Christian and to walk in Him in a newness of life, please do so now as we stand and while we sing together. Thank you for joining us for the Monroe Church of Christ podcast. We hope that you have found today's message to be uplifting, inspirational, and encouraging. Most of all, we hope that it helps you along your spiritual journey. If you have any questions or comments or would like to drop us a line, you can do so at WICOC at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we look forward to you joining us next week.